Hello, be beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, a recovering people pleaser and certified life coach on a mission to help you drop the shoulds, embrace who you are, and live life on your terms. How much time have you wasted by not believing in yourself? It's so easy to spend more time doubting yourself, procrastinating on your dreams, and beating yourself up with negative comments. It's time that we start believing in ourselves, take small steps forward, and keep the negative comments out. And of course, that is way easier said than done, but with practice, it can be done. And today we get to speak with Louise McMillan, who feels like she lost a lot of her years by not believing in herself. She allowed other people's opinions to stop her from really enjoying her life, and then she had breast cancer that changed everything. In this conversation, we discuss mental health, being true to yourself when people around you may not understand, and simple steps to start believing in yourself. Stop wasting time and start living your life. Enjoy! Louise, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, before we really kind of dive deep, will you just give us like a brief overview of like who you are? Okay, so I'm Louise Macmillan. I'm based over in England on the southwest coast, right by the, by the seaside, which is very nice. Um, just for Barons, if anybody's listening, have they been to Bristol, have been to Bath, not far from, not far from there. Um, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, and um, my background was HR, um, but I've moved into more about helping people in their, in their future and sharing my journey into putting people through mental health and through breast cancer. Awesome. And, you know, like, let's kind of dive into that. How did you, you know, make the switch of like, what got you into wanting to coach people through mental health and breast cancer? Well, I, I was started looking at coaching. Um, oh, must be about coming up about 10 years ago now of doing of being a, a life coach and supporting people. I wasn't quite sure what my niche was, yeah. where it was gonna be supporting. I was thinking more about career coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I had cancer and I had a career break and I went back to my HR career, there was just one morning where I thought if I always do what I've always done, I'll always get what I've always got. Mm-hmm. And it felt the time to move on. And the thing was, I need to help you with with their mental health I don't want people to lose the number of years that I've lost by not believing in myself not believing in myself in my career not believing in myself as a just as a woman really and in with friendships romantic relationships and understanding who I am and it was I would say and I always do say it's the cancer that saved me mm-hmm. um you know and because you know I kept spiraling in and out of depression and so it was that whole combination, I think, of going back to work after that breast cancer and having that pivotal moment when I could see that quote that sort of changed things. And I thought, this is this is the bit. This is where I need to focus on. Yeah. You know, I think like it's always, I mean, going through, I mean, I've never had cancer, so I can't say that it's tough. But from what I know of it, like that is, it is very life changing. And, <laughs> and I love that you have taken the experience that you had in order to make it make a pivot in your life so that you are not, you know, wasting your time, not believing yourselves and now that you want to help others do the same. So I love that, you know, it saved you in a sense. Yeah. Um, it absolutely did. Yeah. 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 And I want to go back to, you know, cause I, I just think it is so important to 
discuss mental health. And I think the more that we share our stories of mental health, it just helps other people who are feeling that way feel less alone. Um, and I think it just really helps. So will you take us back to when you were kind of in and out of depression and like what that looked like? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I was trying to think about when, when it started, you know, these kind of things, you kind of think back. And I do know as a child, I always used to hibernate in the winter. Um, you know, my, we, we lived in like a lovely little cul-de-sac and my sisters would still be going, playing with the children in the road, but I'd rather be sat inside reading a book. In the summer, yeah. I was outside all the time, but in the winter, I would hibernate. And, mm. and that's where we kind of understood now that seasonal affective disorder has yeah. impacted. Um, but it was when I got into my sort of 20s, um, really kind of every now and then sort of feeling emotional, feeling drained, just thinking that why is it everybody else seems to have their life so much easier, they seem happier, whereas it just feels tough all the time. Mm -hmm. And whilst I kept trying to do things, it just never seemed to go well. And of course, you start dwelling on it. And what I kind of learned over the years is, and I suppose it's more in the last sort of 10 years, I realized is that a lot of it stems from what people are saying. And if people keep saying what things and comments often enough, you start believing them because if they keep saying it, and obviously it's true, but what you actually realize it, it's other people's opinions and it's nitpicking and it's bullying um, and it's jealousy and it's those kind of comments, but you don't know that when you're younger right. um, and you know, if someone is older, um, whether that be an older sibling, an older family member, an older, um, you know, just in your peer range group, you know, when you're at school or when you're at guides and those kind of things, that you kind of think, well, they must know because they're older. But when you get all adults saying it, whether it's when they're, you know, the teachers, your managers, your older family members saying things, you kind of go, well, that must be true because you have that trust in them right. because of they are of that status. So. So therefore you start playing these things. Well, obviously that's why I'm not good enough. But what you realize over turn is that not everybody has that. You know, mm -hmm. people have more, more pleasantry comments made to them, which kind of motivates them and inspires them, makes them believe in themselves. And if you realize that that's just what's, what's happening, and, those, and they're therefore they're the messages that you keep playing. Mm -hmm. But it's then the example, the, the sort of situations that happen, you know, when you have boyfriends that cheat on you, and, you know, you kind of say to a friend or a sibling or family member, you know, they cheated on you. And, well, what would you expect? You were punching above your weight kind of thing going out with them. And you're kind of going, OK. And of course, you kind of think, OK, perhaps I was. And then you kind of go into this thing of, you know, you, you put these guys on this pedestal because, you, you know, mm -hmm. people go, God, you're really lucky to go out with them. You're going, oh, my God, am I worthy? Right. You know, and then that's that thing then where you kind of just don't be yourself because you're thinking, am I doing this right? And am I saying this properly? And when you get some relationships you have where there's kind of that whole, you don't realize it at the time, but after you realize it's mental abuse and mental bullying, you know, you mm -hmm. kind of go, you, you just think, well, that's what, that's what it's all, that's what it's all about. And then you, I realized over time that actually it was easier for me just to be on my own mm. than to be with somebody because it just added to the pressure and added to the stress of being who I was and how right. I was feeling. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to that. And I think so many people can relate and it just, we are, we hear so many things from different people. And then if it, especially when it's negative, like I've heard something crazy that like for every like negative comment, you know, you have to hear something positive, like 28 times for it to yes. be replaced. And, you know, like those negative comments, they stick with us. And then we start telling ourselves that. So then it becomes Absolutely. not just all the external, it's 
becomes internal as well. And then we just keep seeking that out. Absolutely. Yeah. And they say you could you go to a room, you could do a presentation and, you know, uh, or a speaker to 20 people in the room mm-hmm. and 19 people will love it. And one person went, well, it didn't work for me. And you're going, oh, my gosh, that was awful. That was horrendous. And you right. start manifesting it and it, making it really big and going, yeah, I was really awful. I'm not going to do it there again. Because one person, it didn't work for that one person. And what you realize is that that's fine. If they didn't resonate, that's fine because their experiences and my experiences are different. Mm-hmm. But you want to go in a room and you, if you just help one person, that's one person more than you were helping before you even walked in the room. Right. And that's the bit we've got to remember is that not everybody's going to, think our way or see things away because we've all got our own different experiences it's not right it's not wrong it's different and that's okay yeah yeah and it's like we've got to remind ourselves of that and that's like the hardest part so how how did you kind of get out of that thinking and out of those negative thoughts and letting other people's opinions just be their own it really was my cancer journey it really really was my cancer journey so prior to having cancer, I had really slipped into really low depression for about just over six months beforehand, about eight months beforehand. And um, it was at that Christmas. So I was kind of like I'd been diagnosed with, with depression again and was in a really poor space over Christmas. And I do remember saying to my mum, I've got to change something. I don't know how. I don't know what. I can't keep living like this as spiraling every few years because otherwise, yeah. what is the point of me being here? I was that low to say, what's the point of me being here? Right. And it was six months later when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I just had this thing of, right, it's, it's, it's not going to beat me. I'm, I'm going to get through this. But what I noticed was that the comments stopped. The nitpicking stopped. The derogatory kind of things that you would, someone might say of what you're wearing that for or what are you doing that for, just stopped. Mm-hmm. It was like, you're going through cancer. We're just going to let you do what you want to do. Right. And I had this pivotal moment that went, if I'm that unwell, that you are going to stop saying these comments, you have no right to say them to me when I'm well. Exactly. And that was to me the biggest thing ever. It was like, no, you, you've got no right. I'm not going to listen to them now because if you, you think it's not right, it's not correct to say that to somebody. Mm-hmm then it's not correct the rest of his, not correct the hundred times. Uh, right, right, why would you times. say it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and also there was this one moment, I, as well as having cancer, just to throw this one in my works, I, I had breast cancer and I was had my first chemo and then I had appendicitis. Oh, wow. Really badly. I didn't think it was appendicitis. I thought it was chemo side effects. So it was, I had to have major emergency surgery. Um, so I was in intensive care for uh, a, couple, a couple of days and then in hospital for a few weeks. And I had um, and was inundated with messages and cards coming through from people I'd worked with sort of like 10 years ago who'd heard it through the HR kind of grapevine and community kind of thing. And then friends and stuff being really um, supportive. And I actually remember saying to my mum when I was sat in hospital saying, I'm actually liked. People do like me. Of course people like you. But it was that thing of going, actually, I I do realise people do like me. And it was... A real pivotal what I've also realized now though is that those people want to be supportive when you're going for that mm-hmm. but have I heard from anybody of them in the last three years even though you reach out to them yourself you don't always hear back and you kind of go that's okay because things yeah. move on and they've all got other things that are going on but it's that thing of 
you know, I, I have been reassured that I am a likable person and, and by just being me, if that makes sense. So Definitely. that's what I always try and do now is, is think about, am I being true to me, whatever I'm doing? And yeah. if people don't like it, if people make one a comment, then I think, poor you. <laughs> <laughs> poor you to have that thought, you know, it's, um, and it is, and, and some of it is that un, un lack of understanding. So a, a perfect example that always comes to my mind is um, just before lockdown. So we all going back a couple of years. Um, a lady that I'd met, since I had cancer, uh, fantastic. And she's become a very good friend of mine. Um, and she runs this coven. So it's all about spirituality. It's all about mindfulness, but she calls it a coven. And I happened to say to one of my good friends that um, met for coffee and I said, oh, yeah, I did this coven this morning. She went, oh my God, don't tell me you're going to turn a witch now. She said, you, spend, <laughs> you go to visit Glastonbury too often as it is. And I'm like, hang on a minute. That's quite ignorance because you've not said, tell me more. What right. is it all about? It literally was, oh, you're going to turn into witch now when you spend too much time in Glastonbury. And it's like. Like people know. just have their assumptions without assumptions. really knowing. Yeah. And years ago, that would have affected me quite badly. I would have overthought it and worried about what people were thinking. And I just went, yeah, if that's what it makes me turn into, I'm happy because I'm with my tribe. And yeah. just couldn't get it. And it's that thing about, I just know I'm the people I'm with. I get it. They get it. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you are so like, I'm just going to be me and they can take it or leave it and like pour them. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like, since you, you know, going back to when you were first, you know, diagnosed with the breast cancer and, you know, you'd been in and out of the depression, like what made it so that you were like, I'm going to beat this and fight it. Cause I feel like you know, especially if you were in a depressive state or shortly thereafter, it would have been very like downward it, spiral. <laughs> absolutely. For me, it was being diagnosed. Was, it was a big shock because I wasn't expecting it. I didn't find a lump. Um, the GP didn't find a lump. The consultant didn't find a lump. Um, there's no breast cancer history in my family. I had a concern with my left breast and they did test me on the safe side and they found it in my right. Oh, so wow. it was an absolute shock. To, to be told I had breast cancer we, it wasn't it, it, even having the test that the cancer word didn't even cross any of our minds or anything wow. um and I think I just had this thing about going I don't want to die mm. whereas six months beforehand or just shy of six months beforehand I was like I don't know what the point of me being here is right um, and all of a sudden it's like I don't want to die I don't want to go anywhere yet I've, I've, there's, there's too many things I want to do or too many things I could be doing and it's sometimes a bit hard to describe, but that was kind of think my mentality. And therefore, when I went for the cancer treatment and everything else, I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever, just just bring it on. It was it was hard. There were some days mm-hmm. where I felt awful. There were some days when I was like, oh, just leave me alone. Um, you know, but I'm I I promised myself that I would get up every single day. Mm-hmm. I get out of bed every single day, I get washed, I get dressed, and if I only made it to the settee in the lounge. I was winning. I was winning. Right. Um, the fact that I lived on my own meant that if I wanted a glass of water, I was going to have to get up anyway. So it kind of, but it was that whole thing about, I'm not just going to get up and go downstairs and get a glass of water and come back to bed. It was mm-hmm. no, I'm going to get up every day by a certain time, take as long as I need to, to get washed and dressed. And then, and that was it. And that I think was just the thing I just promised myself I would do. Yeah. I mean, I love that it's such a simple thing that, you know, you promised yourself to do and then counting that as like, 
this is a successful day if I just do that. And I think very similar, like when we are in that depressive state, like that's a win as well. If I absolutely get up and get dressed and go start your day. So I love that that kind of, um, you started that and then I'm sure that's just kind of led to other things. Like what else did you do to kind of really be yourself and like live into this life that you wanted to start living? So so one of the things I I do, and I always mention about doing this to people is I use my kitchen timer as my timeout. So (laughs) there are, there are days when, you know, when you kind of feel everything's on top of you Mm -hmm. and it just feels like it's just so hard because, you know, I've got, over 25 years of self-loathing that I had to sort of get my head around and start loving myself again. It just doesn't change overnight. I mean, I said, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. Easier said than done. Right. It's work in progress every single day. Okay. And um, I thought, I think, sort of think, well, what do I need? I need to do something when I'm really feeling low. So I hide my mobile phone, as in I put it away. I'm mm-hmm. very much about technology has its purpose. And sometimes you need that time away from technology. Yeah. But I will set my kitchen timer and I set it for an hour and I will, I might sit down in the lounge and just close my eyes. I may fall asleep, it might not, I might just be, just take my mind away. I will sit down and make myself cry if I need to, because I do think sometimes it's helping that nervous energy and you can release it by that, by those tears and by having a really good, what I call a solid, hearty kind of sob, if that makes sense. Yeah. Get it out. Um, you know, I, I might watch them on TV. I might not. I might do some knitting. I might do some coloring in. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I might. It's just an hour. But once that timer has gone off, that's it. I've got to change my dialogue. I've got to change what I'm doing. And it might be that I might go for a walk. I might pop to see my, my parents or a friend. Depends if I've been crying. If I've been crying, it doesn't matter how much makeup. Your mum knows. <laughs> yes, your mum can tell. It doesn't matter how much makeup you put on. She can tell if you've been crying. And so exactly. can a couple of friends. They can read you like a book. Yeah. But it might just be, I might jump in the car and I might just drive along the seafront. I might drive along to, out into the countryside. And if I'm driving out in the countryside, I might scream. Because you can't yeah. do it when you're driving down the road. It looks a bit obvious. But if you go out in the countryside <laughs> and you go, ah, like this, trying to kind of get you moving around. Dance around the house, been known to put some music on. I've just got to change something. Right. But it is about having that hour down, that hour downtime. Sometimes I might go, do you know what? After half an hour, I'm I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm. But I allow that hour if I need to, because sometimes if I'm feeling really low, I could sit there for hours if you let me let me, or I would have done in the past. Right. And then I would have felt even worse for wasting the, those hours. So yeah. I, I really like that. <laughs> just like, because I do think it's like, you know, when we're feeling low or bad, it's like, we need to let our emotions out and we need to acknowledge them. And I think the more we try to like cover them up or ignore them, they just get bigger and then it's going to come out eventually. But if, by setting that timer and allowing ourselves to let it out, but then also like, once that's done, we're going to change the energy and move on. I really like that a lot. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what I've really been, been doing. And the other thing I kind of do is always ask myself, is this going to nourish me or deplete me? Mm, so it's question. Yeah. And it's not just about the activities. It's about people. Yes. <laughs> as well. Very importantly about people. So I've got friends whereby, you know, happily go and meet them one on one or with a small group. But if there's a bigger group, that's going to deplete me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to decline. And now I'm, I'm happy to decline. 
rather than before myself, before I would beat myself up by declining, or I'd go because I felt that I ought to, or I should have. Uh, whereas now it's like, nah, that's not, gonna, you know, that's not going to nourish me. But it's also, and I haven't unfriended anybody, but there are people that I've spent less time with mm-hmm. because they were my kind of energy stealers and everything else. Whereas now I'm trying to spend more time doing the things that I know it's going to nourish me and, and make me feel happier. And, you know, um, I, every day I go for the walk in the park and I will go and chat to a squirrel. I know it sounds bizarre, <laughs> but I'm in my happy place and it nourishes me. Yeah. You know, so, and, you know, I've got a friend now, uh, Chris, I actually spoke to him earlier on, my lovely friend, Chris, we, we message each other every now and then. If you've been for walks, different places, for how many squirrels we saw, we found. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> my other friends, my old friends that have been with friends with me for many years, would just not get that. Right. Just not get that. But yeah, he does. And there we go. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I'm just like, is it going to nourish me or deplete me? And you, you know, you said that you haven't unfriended anyone, but you know, as you have made these changes and focusing on more of what makes you feel good, like, have you had you know, any friends be like, what are you doing? Or this isn't you. Yeah. yeah I'm not, not so much about what you're doing. It's that whole thing of, um, I don't get it. Or if you turn around and say, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard growing a biz- growing a business. Mm-hmm. It is hard, especially with the pandemic on. You yeah. have, you just have those friends say, well, yeah, you, you've tried that. You're in it back time. You went back to what you were doing before. Mm. You know, it's those kind of things. Or, um, I had one friend said, um, are you ever going to stop talking about your cancer? Or isn't it about time you stop talking about your cancer? And I just said to her, are you ever going to stop talking about your children? And she's like, no. Well, I'm not going to stop talking about my my cancer then. I don't have children, but something grew inside of me. I called it Stan. Um, There was cancer in my lymph nodes. I called them Cyril and Sydney. They've got names. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to talk about them. You know, and it's... You know, it's that thing of we shouldn't be telling people that they should stop talking about things because either you're uncomfortable or you're bored of hearing it. Right. It's that thing of, well, you know my story, you were there, you've got your own story about when you heard when I had cancer. But there's, you know, there's this Jane over in the corner that hasn't heard my story. Exactly. And the fact that I didn't find a lump. GP didn't find a lump, consultant didn't find a lump. And she's got a concern at the moment whether something in her breast is right or not. So if that makes her go to a GP and gets the all clear, I'm happy if it, if it means she goes to the GP and she ends and the consultants and ends up being diagnosed with breast cancer. Well, I'm still happy, but not as happy that she's going through it. I'm happy because it's been found and right. they can deal with it rather than her worrying and worrying and worrying. And then it's spreading and then her life being being worse. And exactly. I talk about mental health because we're all about men talking about mental health more mm-hmm. because they think that women talk about it. We don't. We right. don't talk about it. We say we, we're not feeling great. And more often than not, you know, 90% of your friends go, yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, and then tell you what you should be doing or you need to be doing or you ought to be doing rather than going, just listen. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things to that. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> listen to what I actually need and like, let's really talk about it so that you can just be there and support me. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like that, you know, with your friends. Cause I think that also just shows of like, like when your friends, you know, they may not get it, but they're still around. Like the ones, mm-hmm. like most of them that, you know, still want to spend the time with you. If like you are leaning into, you know, what nourishes you, but those people that 
you know, are there for you. They're still there for you, even though they don't get everything. Cause I think sometimes we think like people are going to think about me differently if I start showing up differently or doing more of like what I'm actually interested in. Absolutely. Cause you try and fit in when you're younger. Right. Yeah. That's all it is. about. When you're in your twenties and you're going out on a Saturday night or Friday on a Saturday night, you always just say, what are you wearing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People are going, why is it? So you wear the same? No, it's because then, you know, is it, are we going smart casual? Are we doing (laughs) posh totty? (laughs) You've got to get the balance right because you don't want to turn up in jeans and a nice top. And everyone else wearing dresses and (laughs) (laughs) Or you get dressed up and they're just going real cash. So, you know, it's those kind of things, but you, you do, you always want to try and, and try and fit in and that, and that never, never goes away. And then you stop, you, st- you stop saying to people what you did. I mean, I was a girl guide, I think you call them girl, girl scouts over in America. Yeah. And um, I remember my, you know, teenage years, you'd walk around on a hot day with a jacket on and your zip up. So people didn't know you were off to guides. Whereas when you're older, you kind of done it and people go, well, why would you want to keep doing that for? And it's like, because I get a lot out of it. And it's, yeah, so it's those kind of, yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and I was curious about, you know, because you did say like having a business is hard and like people don't get it. Or like, why don't you go back to your job? Like, like what, yeah. what does keep you going with this? I, sometimes I question myself what keeps me going <laughs> with it, to be honest, because there are, you know, times are hard. You, you, you know, it, it's um, when you're on your own doing it, I think it adds on that more, more pressure, you know, you know, you kind of, you have your coach. I mean, I have a brilliant coach that I have that supports me. Um, and I'm still working with a marketing person. But at the end of the day, everything is on my shoulders. The bills are going to still be paid, right. you know, and you sometimes just want to talk things through and, and people to get it. What keeps me going is the fact that I want to help people. I really don't want people to lose the number of years that I've lost in my life that I'm never going to get back mm-hmm. um, by not believing in myself. And, yeah. you know, people say, well, you're going to live now. You're going to get those years. But there's a consequence to those years that I'm never going to get back. There's no chance now that I will ever have family. That's mm. gone. You know, yeah. you know, if I hadn't lost the years, then I might have had a family. But I have to live with the fact that that's no longer happening. You know, and, and so it's it's trying to make sure people don't well not make sure people, but just say to people, you know, don't lose your don't lose the number of years of your life by not believing in yourself. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. But just little tiny steps every day to say, where is that coming from? Where is that comment coming from? Who said it? And where are they in my life at this moment in time? And if mm. they are not part of that inner circle, then learn to park it. It's taking that picture and moving on. Yeah. Um, and it's saying that thing is, it's a picture. It's not a video. Stop replaying it. And it's not easy, but it, after practice and after practice, that's what you can start doing. And then by, bit by bit, you start taking those label things off. Right. I really like that fact of like, you know, is that person still in my life? Because I think a lot of people do hold on to stuff that someone said that like, they're not a part of your life anymore. So it's like, why are we still letting that yeah. drive us and be in our head and keep us down? So I really like that of like, cause I think that just brings so much like an aha of like, why would I listen to them? Like, yeah, don't absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we do, we replay things, don't we? We replay things all the time. And something will, you'll read or you'll see something, you know, and you'll go, oh, that's something happened to me. And, you know, you replay a a scenario with an ex-boyfriend or something. 
Yeah. And you're replaying it and you're replaying mm-hmm. the dark. Oh, I wish I said this. And then you kind of go, oh, and he was, you know, and then you remember all the horrible things. You're kind of going, oh, wait a minute, that was 10 years ago. Right. It's <laughs> an effect on me now. And it's not the fact that they're having an effect on you. You're mm-hmm. allowing them to have the effect on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I would say it's not easy, really isn't easy, but it's about practicing and practicing and uh, sticking them in that, you know, imagining what you're going to do with them, you know, you know, even if you go out their name down on a piece of paper and scribbling it all up and then go into the kitchen and sit and like the piece of paper with their name on, if that makes you feel good, go and do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know, without being horrible to them, it's just getting it out of your system. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm curious to know of, um, you know, for people that do feel like they've wasted so much of their time already, like letting other people's opinions get in the way. And now they're, you know, wanting to live their lives. But if they like, if they have any sort of like, oh, I could have done this, or I should have done this, like, how, how do you move forward from like, like with you, you said, you know, that you may have a family and now you don't, like, how do you move forward with like, not, you know, living in a state of like being upset about that, but being, being okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a good question to ask actually, because it, sometimes it's hard. I am very lucky in the fact that I have nephews and nieces and now I have great nephew and a great niece. Yeah. Um, and also been very close to some of my friends, children. Problem is sometimes they're growing up, you know, they're all adults now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's, for me, it's just being the best best auntie I can be to them and see where I can add value to get mm-hmm. what I need to nourish me. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going back to girl guiding, maybe not running the unit, but just helping out at the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just having that that time and going, actually, where my friends are, and they've now, their children have grown up, so you're kind of probably not feeling that. So it's what can I do? What can I do instead that's going to, to nourish me? And if it's being a big kid myself, and go into the park when the children at school and I'm going to play on the slides and the swing. Well, they're adult ones. We should have <laughs> adult slides and swings. I think <laughs> we should have an adult playground because like, why, why do we grow up and not allowed to be on the swing sets? I, but that's the thing. I'm just going to make sure I go and have fun. If people now think I'm being daft, I'm being silly. I don't care. Yeah. If I make one person laugh each day, then that's, that's, that's my, my thing. But it is hard. You, you know, quite right to turn and say that, you know, you haven't got children and it's, it's not going to happen. There are some days when you know, that is still hard. But I also have to remember that, um, you know, I could have brought a child into this world where I wasn't in a very good mental state. And what what would I have done to them in my own terminology, what I could have said to them or what they would have seen me behave. So in some respects, I kind of weigh it up with that as well. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you just being so open and honest because it is a real thing that you, you know, still have to deal with. And just like the fact of this whole process, like, you know, I always like to say like life is a journey and we're just going to have to like, keep, keep learning and doing our best, no matter what that looks like. And it's, it's a process. <laughs> like unfortunately, I, I wish it was like, Oh, I've arrived. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> And so I always like to ask, like, how has being yourself, like, led to your success and impacted your life? Uh, I would say it's about the number of people that I've now met and the things I've now done um, since. So, um, you know, going on holiday a couple of weeks ago by myself. I mean, I went to Canada when I was 22. Yeah. 
I would say by myself because I flew over there by myself, but I met a friend that I met on a girl guide camp, international girl guide camp about five years beforehand. But I've you know, been away recently, um, a few months ago, I, by the people I've met, just by being me and networking for my business, we've walked up one of the tallest mountains in, in the UK. We walked up Snowdon in, in Wales. Oh, wow. That's what I've always wanted to do. Um, yeah. And everybody was like, no friends wanted to do it. And it was always that thing of, I'm never going to do stuff. But it's just finding the people to go and do those things with. Um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, when I saw a Glenn Miller tribute band. You know, I love the, the music of the 40s you know, yeah. that whole era. And now it's like, I'm just going to go and do that. And next time I'll go probably go and buy myself if nobody else is going to go. Right. Because it's why I should, shouldn't stop myself because people don't want to go and do it. It's, it's finding the people who are going to go and do these things. And sometimes you'll be surprised who is interested. We all have sort of a perception of yeah. friends won't be interested in doing things. And when I've shared some stuff, then people have gone, oh, I've done that. And I would never have thought that they would have done it. Well, they would have been interested in doing that so yeah yeah I mean isn't that always kind of funny of like we we think we might know someone but it's like we really don't unless we ask and get more curious I mean especially now everyone is just showing like highlights of things but it's it's like we have our lives on social media but it's never like our full life and especially if it's something that might be a little, you know, unique or something. We're like, oh, no one's really going to like this. Or like, I might be weird. I'm not going to share it. But like, like find your weirdos. <laughs> Absolutely. But you're like, it's fine to be weird. Because we're all, it's not weird. We're unique. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I've got a lovely plaque. My parents wrote a few years ago. It's around saying you weren't born to conform. You were born to stand out. I love that. You know, and it's that true. It's like, if, if I'm, I'm me, I'm unique. There's, you know, they've, they made me and they threw away the mold. And I'm glad. Glad. Because it'd be boring if there was two of us, right. you know. So you're you Ariel, you're you. I'm I'm me, and and let's let's celebrate people being different and being unique. Exactly. And so, like, what advice do you have to someone who might be like struggling right now with like believing in themselves and you know believing that they can be them their unique selves and live their lives? Yeah. Just just carry on and look at what it is that nourishes you you know if you're quite happy to do certain things and you go I'm and you're stopping yourself from doing them because you don't believe that people will get it or you're weird or it's not the thing to do because of other people's opinions if it's going to nourish you if it's going to make you happy happy if it's gonna you know make you believe in yourself a little bit more then just go ahead and do it because somewhere along the line you'll find somebody else that enjoys it and just take one step at a time Yes. It's a marathon. It's not a race. Yes, we keep getting told life is short, but it's about making it count and just doing each, just be kind to yourself each and every day. Yeah. I love that. I'm all about those small steps and, you know, I think the small steps add up. So I love that. And like, how can people, how can they like work with you or connect with you or can they find you? Okay. So, um, well, I'll, I do a, a, a um, coaching program, if anybody was interested, called Living Life More Fully. So we look at different elements on this thing, uh, on this on this program. We look about, we look at resilience, we look at self-boundaries, but we also look about what it is you're stopping yourself from doing. Because a mm. lot of people, they're happy in their work, and sometimes they think work is the problem. But what it is, is because they're not being put in fun on their agenda. Yeah. Fun has got to be at the top of their to-do list. So yeah. what is that? So you've got to, you know, and so that's most most clients I work with, they think what they're what's stopping them from living their life. And actually it's not, it's something else. And it is all about that fun. 
element. Um, and you can get hold of me on, on my website, um, which is uh, www.louisemacmillan.co.uk. You can see how it's spelled down there. Um, I'm on Instagram as well as Louise Macmillan, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. I mean, I'm definitely going to put all of that in the show notes so that people can find you and connect with you. But I love that you put that focus on fun. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what are some, like, what are some fun things that you like to do? I have to say, I got back to squirrels again. I really do love walking around the chat to my squirrels. (laughs) Um, Walking. I mean, walking for me is one of the best things ever. That And people, people think with fun that it has to be something you're laughing at and you're joking at and everything else. Fun is whatever just nourishes and make you happy. Mm. Um, you know, and fun could be um, just spending time with friends doing something that's totally different. Um, like going to see a different band play or um, I'm trying to think what was the other thing we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, it's gone now. I remember we did something the week and I was like, oh, this is really fun. And it wasn't my idea of a friend inviting me along. And I'm like, God, this was really good. I yeah. really enjoyed that. So <laughs> So yeah, so it, it's just, it, fun is about something that's going to make you happy, going to make you smile, make you come away going, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, even if it's just finding, I don't know, a niece and nephew and taking them to crazy golf. Yeah. And bowling, you know, um, somewhere where you can just be silly with them. I think sometimes playing around with children and being silly is the best thing ever. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I have two nieces and when I play with them, it just it fills my cup and it just like, I think being like a child again, it allows us to use our imagination and not take yeah. life so seriously and, and just enjoy those little moments. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also fun of things that you used to enjoy when you were younger. Yeah. So, you know, if you found fun of sitting down and reading a book, if you found fun by stamp collecting or knitting, whatever, if it's fun and you get people that are doing it and therefore you enjoy it even more, then, then do it. It's, it's, I think sometimes the thing is what we need to look at is what does the word mean to you? It's so easy for yes. people to say, oh, fun to me means this. It's like um, there is a, a saying that John Lennon said many years ago, but what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. Mm-hmm. And the teacher said, I don't think you've got the right answer to the question. And he yeah. went, no, I don't think you understand the meaning of life. And for him, it was about happy. And when you say to people, I don't think you're very happy, and people go, well, I am. Why do you think I'm not? But someone's interpretation of the word happy is someone else's different interpretation. Exactly. And that's what was sometimes what you've got to understand is what do you mean? What does that word mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to understand like the definitions of things, but how you interpret them, because yes, a simple word like fun can look totally different for each person and that's Absolutely. okay. And I think that's like the beautiful thing about life. And again, while why we're all created differently we experience things differently so yeah is there a final message that you want to leave with people today just to believe in yourself because you are absolutely awesome and amazing as you are i love it (laughs) well thank you so much this has been such a joy thank you very much for inviting me along i've enjoyed it i love the message that louise left with us Believe in yourself because you are absolutely awesome and amazing as you are. And I hope this conversation helps you to believe this and inspires you to really start living your life, have more fun, and do more of the things that you actually enjoy. My favorite takeaways are to think that if someone doesn't like me, poor them. We as people pleasers need to remember that there is nothing wrong with us if someone doesn't like us. It's like the whole, it's not you, it's me thing. But really, it's not me, it's you. And poor you. 
I also love that Louise allows herself to have a good cry and then changes her energy. Having a good cry can be so helpful to acknowledge our feelings, let them out, and then we have a choice to change our energy so that we can move forward. And of course, I love that she talked about small steps and just thinking of small things that you can do to just move forward and enjoy things. And I love that she's just uniquely herself with her love of squirrels and just doing what makes her happy. And I just hope that you find that for yourself. Louise Macmillan is an absolute delight, and I hope that you connect with her. And I've put all of her information in the show notes that you can. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you wrote me a review on Apple Podcasts or right on my website, timetobeupodcast.com. It means the world to me, and it just helps other listeners find this podcast. It's time to start believing in yourself. It's time to embrace the things that you enjoy. It's time to be you.